Life was bitter to the core There was nothing to live for Until love came My name is Harold J. Perkins And at the age of 17 I was selling drugs And on my way to an early grave While sitting in my house with about 10 guys God gave me an out-of-body experience And I was lifted above the room I could see everything moving in slow motion After that I got up and put those guys out And I cried out to Jesus Christ He came into my life with liberty and purpose. Then I ran into religion. And it has taken me over 40 years to navigate through religion to fully understand what came into me that day. This podcast is to help put you on a faster track than it took me to get through religion and experience life, liberty, and purpose on a higher level. So get ready. We're about to start a revolution. Again, welcome. On the last episode, I unveiled something that shows the love of God in a way that the religious mind has a hard time accepting. That if you have received God's sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, and his blood for payment of your sins, God has forgiven you all of your sins, past, present, and future. And God now sees you as clean as he sees his son, Jesus Christ, in your spirit. And I didn't give my opinion. I gave chapter and verse to back up everything that I said. If you didn't hear the last episode, I strongly suggest that you listen to it. Now, the reason this is challenging to accept is that God's love is on such a higher level than natural human love. And it takes his Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. God gave us a book, the Bible, that describes who he is. But we've relied on religious-minded people to give us their interpretation when we should have relied on his Holy Spirit that he placed in us. Now, God has given us apostles and prophets and pastors and evangelists and teachers to help build us up for the work of the ministry. But we are not to blindly follow them. They are to give us chapter and verse from the Bible And our recreated spirit, along with Holy Spirit, who's on the inside of us, is to bear witness to whether what we're hearing is true or not. Now, this is why I'm giving you chapter and verse to check it out for yourself. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, that whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Now, I covered in the last episode that the part of us who became like God when we accepted Jesus Christ was our spirit. Our spirit cannot sin according to the verse that I just read. Now, it's through this incorruptible seed of God that we received that we exercise dominion over our soul and over our body, and we cause them to submit and walk like who we really are in our spirit. The seed of God that we received, it needs the water of his word, which is the Bible, and the sunshine of his presence in prayer and in worship. This is why God forgave you and I of all of our sins so we can continue to come to him without guilt and condemnation and receive what we need in his presence to become. Listen to this verse that I ended with last time. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 19. For the law made nothing perfect, 
but the bringing in of a better hope did by the which we draw nigh unto God. Now, in the last verse, I covered that the word that God wanted me to uh, zero in on when I start reading this passage, it was the word perfect. Listen to what it says. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did. In other words, it's telling us that what God brought in made us perfect. And that's what I covered last time, that our spirits are perfect. And listen what it says. By the which we draw nine unto God. By making our spirits perfect like him. God put us in a situation now where we have no sin in our spirit, and now we can draw nine unto him. Having been forgiven forever, we can keep coming to him and get what we need. In an encounter I had with the Lord Jesus uh, about a couple of years ago, he said this to me. He said that the seed of glory in me needs the sunshine of his presence. Let's go on to Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 1, again, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 through 14. Verse 1 says this, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never, with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually, make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because the worshipers, once purged, should have no more conscience of sin. Verse three, but in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. By coming in the Old Testament, I explained this on the last episode, that they had one sacrifice that they would offer once a year, and therefore their sins would be, would be forgiven past, present, and future throughout the rest of that year from the time of that sacrifice, Okay. Now, what he's telling us here is that they would still have to come with a consciousness of sin that one year. But he said it, it was not going to make them perfect. But this that he's done with Christ has made us perfect. And it, and it says in verse two again, for then would they not have ceased, ceased to be offered because that the worshipers once purged should have no more conscience of sin. In other words, God doesn't want us coming to him with a sin consciousness. That's why his son shed his blood to give one sacrifice to forgive us forever. And notice it calls us worshipers. This is the greatest privilege that we have is to be able to come into the presence of God and worship him. Let's continue to read in verse three. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sin. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he says, sacrifice and offerings you didn't want, but a body have you prepared me. This is Jesus saying this. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you've had no pleasure. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book that is written of me to do your will, O God. Above when he says, sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings and offerings for sins you didn't want, neither have you pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, which is the law, that he may establish the second, by the which we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once, one time he offered himself. Verse 11, and every priest standing daily, ministering, offering 
Oftentimes, the same sacrifice can never take away sins. But this man, listen to this, verse 12, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Now, I didn't write this. It clearly says that by one offering, Jesus has made us perfect forever. So we can keep coming to God without a consciousness of sin and get what we need to become. And who we are to become has to do with our specific assignment within the body of Christ. Each of us has a unique purpose to fulfill, but we need God to manifest his glory through us for that to happen. So we have to draw near unto him and hear his voice and receive his direction. God wants to talk to you, but it's important that you get to know the Bible because Satan wants to talk to you as well. And if you don't know the Bible, you won't know if it's God or Satan talking to you. God will never speak anything to you that goes against the Bible. Now, Jesus has given us a better covenant, better than the old covenant of the law. And then he's made us like himself, high priest. Listen to these verses. I'm in Hebrews chapter 7, verses 20 through 22 through 27. Here's what it says. By so much more was Jesus made a guarantee of a better testament. And they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them. So that means Jesus is interceding for us even now. Verse 26. Now look what he made us. For such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Now, this is not me writing this. This is not, I didn't write this. This is what the word of God says. It says that he has made us high priest like himself. The high priest has to be without sin or he can't come into the holy place. Okay. And then it goes further to say, who has made us holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners and made higher than the heavens. That's what we have in our spirit. That's who we really are. And when we come to understand that and we begin to now uh, take the word in of who we are and we get into the presence of God, then we will cause our body and our soul to line up. And then we'll walk this earth like we are supposed to walk this earth, just like Jesus Christ. Verse 27, it says, who needs not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins and then for the people's for this he did once when he offered up himself. Now, you can see here clearly that Jesus made one sacrifice forever that has forgiven us forever. When you understand this love, you're not looking for a way to let your body rule your life. Your heart says, I want to love you back, Lord. What can I do in gratitude for what you've done for me? And he says, grow in me and love people like I've loved you. Let me work through you to show people who I am, to show them my love, to show them my power, to show them my glory. Let's continue on. 
I'm in I'm in Hebrews chapter eight, verses seven through twelve. Here's what it says: For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, now I'm gonna stop for a minute. What's the fault he's found in them? Sin in their spirit. That was the fault. They couldn't keep the law because of what was in them. Okay, I'm gonna start over. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault in them, he said, behold, the days come, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. Listen to what he says. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in the heart. Why is that? I'm going to stop there. Why is he saying I'm going to put them in their minds and write them in their heart? Because I'm in them now. I'm, he wasn't in the, those in the Old Testament. They didn't have, they had a dead spirit. He wasn't in them. So he gave them a written law. Why would we need a written law now when he's inside of us? He could write in our hearts and write in our minds. Now he's given us a book so we can know what is whether he's writing or the devil's trying to write because he's never going to write anything that goes contrary to the New Testament. Okay. But he says here, I will put my laws into their mind and I will write them in their hearts. And he says this, and I will be to them a God and they will be to me a people. Now, some of you may be saying, if you've listened to these episodes, you hear me saying the power that is about to be manifested on this earth. Okay. Well, you have to understand something here. This new covenant, he says, I will be to them a God. Now, if you go back and you look at the Old Testament, and you see what kind of miracles and what kind of great things God did for the Old Testament. And then we just read that this is a better covenant, a guarantee of a better covenant. How in the world can he not do more than what we saw in the Old Testament? If he doesn't, it's not better. So there is an expectation that we should have of God moving in his people in a manner and in a way that he has not moved before. Verse 11. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor. In every man his brother saying, know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquity will I remember no more. Now, I've covered this before and I've covered other different versions of this uh, of the Bible that talks about when he says I'll be merciful to their unrighteousness. He's talking about deeds of the flesh. He's talking about the deeds that your flesh and he calls them dead works in other places. See, your body has not been changed. So he's got to be merciful to the deeds that take place. Well, he doesn't have to be. He chooses to be. OK, he knows your heart. He knows whether you're striving toward perfection in the manner that you should and so forth. And he'll be merciful as you're learning how to get control of your flesh. But look at the latter part. It says in their sins and their iniquities. will I remember no more. Now, he's talking and to say that they're past, they're gone. <laughs> they're right just like what we talked about. They've been forgiven, past, present, and future. So he's not going to remember them anymore. God wants the least to the greatest in his kingdom to know him. Not to know about him, but to know him, to know his true character. This religious view of God is so far from who he really is. He is love. He's love 
on such a high level that when you get a true picture of him, it will have you in awe. Our God is amazing. Amazing love has given has given us forgiveness forever, not temporary, not one year like they did in the Old Testament. He's forgiven us forever. Therefore, the blessing comes as a result of our forgiveness. So if you've been forgiven, you should expect to be blessed. Okay. And believe it or not, the greatest blessing is open access into God's presence. I'm going to end with this verse. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and that's talking about a sin conscience, conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our faith. Now you see how he's t- he's tying in the fact that we're forgiven, so let us hold fast the confession of our faith. And I said on the previous episodes that the devil wants you conscious of sin to hinder your faith, to hinder you from believing. But this verse says in 23, let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. So what we're understanding here is that God has forgiven us of all of our sins and placed us in an expectation of seeing his blessings continue on us. If you were to go back and read the book of Genesis, you'll notice that the first thing that Adam and Eve did after sin entered into their spirit is that they hid from God. They did not want to go into the presence of God. They knew God was going to come down and commune with them, and they were hiding. See, that's what sin does. It gives you a a condemnation and shame and guilt. And God didn't want that. God wants us to come running into his presence and sit in his lap like a father and commune with him and fellowship with him, of course, reverencing him as almighty God. But he's a father, too. And he wants to love us. And this loving father has washed us and made us clean and empowered us to be like Jesus Christ. You see, in our spirit, we have everything that was in Christ. I've covered many scriptures on other episodes to show that we have the fullness of Christ. How do we have it? We have it in seed form. And so what the enemy has done is that he's worked to get you in condemnation. So you don't want to read the Bible because you think it's a book of don't do's and of do's and don't do's. So you don't want to read the Bible. The Bible is not a book of do's and don't do's. The Bible is a book of principles. And when you come to understand the principles and you operate in accordance with those principles, you can know the outcome. You can know what God is going to do for you. You know, we've heard you never know what the Lord will do. Yeah, he'll do everything that's written in the book. If you understand and you operate according to the principles. Now, he's not going to move in the timing that you always wanted to happen or I always wanted to happen because he needs to build character and character. You know, it's just like in the weight room. You need pressure on your muscles to enable to develop strength. Well, there's pressures that you need to be put on you in life if you're going to become who you are supposed to become. I mean, look at Jesus. God did not even elevate Jesus to be second to be seated at his right hand, Lord over everything. He did not even allow him to go to that place without allowing him to go through some suffering, to go through some pressure, to go through some times. So you know why? Because now he could look and say, hey, I understand how it is. 
I understand what you're going through. So he's up there interceding on our behalf right now with the knowledge and understanding of what it's like to be in a physical body. No, he didn't have a sinful body, but he had a physical body. And he, he had an opportunity to go through some of the challenges, more challenges than we've had to go through. And he's endured. So it says that he could be a merciful high priest. God has done a marvelous thing when you understand what he's done. He has opened the door for you to come into his presence without, a, without any sin or guilt consciousness because his son already paid the price for your sin. And as you come into his presence and you get into the word and you fellowship with him, then you will become who you were meant to become. And the world will see Christ manifested in your life and the benefits of the kingdom. We are a part of a kingdom and we are to rule and reign on the earth so that other people say, man, this this man, this woman is walking with the only true and living God. I want to get to know this God. Let me say right here, if you don't know our living Savior, Jesus Christ, you can get to know him now. Pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. Jesus, I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live this life. Thank you. That's it. It's that simple. If you believe what you just prayed, he has come in. Start reading the Bible for yourself. You can start in the book of St. John and in the book of Romans, and God will begin to show you his purpose for your life, and he'll begin to show himself unto you. Okay, we'll see you on the next episode.